welcome to the Diary of an Apartment Investor podcast with your host, Brian Briscoe. In this podcast, we bring some of the top professionals in the apartment investing field to discuss various aspects of the apartment investing journey with the sole purpose of educating listeners to make wise investment decisions. The Diary of an Apartment Investor podcast is sponsored by Four Oaks Capital, bringing you high yield returns through apartment complex investing. This is journal entry number 28 and part of our multifamily brief series. This is Brian Briscoe for Oaks Capital. Before we begin today's episode, I'd like to invite everyone to check out our free investing guide that shows how apartment investing compares to the stock market. You can find it at our website, www.4oakscapital.com, and there's a link to our website in the show notes. I'd also like to ask a favor. Please find us and leave us an honest review on your favorite podcast app. It would really mean the world to me, and it would help us to attract better guests and make the podcast even better. Now, today I've decided to talk about something that's been in the news a little bit lately. The Federal Reserve has made a significant announcement and a policy shift that's gotten a lot of press lately. So I thought that I'd explore what that announcement means for apartment investing and real estate in general. But before I do that, I think it would help to do a quick overview of what the Federal Reserve is and what it does and what tools it has at its disposal. First of all, the Federal Reserve sets what's called a federal funds rate or the effective federal funds rate. This is the rate that banks charge each other to lend money to meet the Federal Reserve requirements. Now, why do we care how much banks charge each other to borrow money? Well, the federal funds rate has a lot of influence on just about every other important rate that does matter to us. It helps determine what your credit card company charges, what your mortgage rate is, what your car loan rate is, and what your HELOC rate is. Get the idea? Now, let's explore the federal rate in a bit more detail. The Federal Reserve has a few statutory mandates that are set by Congress. Number one, they are to maintain price stability. Number two, maintain maximum employment. And number three, maintain a stable long-term interest rate. The federal funds rate is the primary tool the Federal Reserve has to meet its mandate. So let's first look at the first mandate of price stability. The government wants to keep prices stable, which means there's a very low year-to-year change in prices. I think most economists would agree that inflation is actually a good thing as long as it remains relatively low, and that deflation, or a year-over-year reduction in prices, is actually bad for the economy and bad for maximum employment. For many years, the Federal Reserve has set its rate to meet a target rate of inflation of 2% per year. Now, what does this mean? An inflation rate of 2% means that if it costs you $1,000 to purchase everything to run your household for a month in January, it will cost approximately $1,020 to purchase the same basket of goods in December of the same year. Now, that's not a big increase, and since most employers provide an annual cost of living adjustment, wages typically keep pace with inflation. So a 2% inflation rate is not a bad thing. Now, much higher inflation rate could be very bad, and a zero or below or deflation rate is also bad for the economy. Now, let's talk about interest rates. In general, low interest rates tend to stimulate the economy. It's easier for businesses to expand and reach new markets if the cost of borrowing money is low. If businesses are growing, they're hiring. If businesses are hiring, unemployment rates go down, and the Fed can meet its second mandate 
of maximum employment. Now, there's also a sweet spot for employment. I mean, just like there's a sweet spot for interest rates, if unemployment rates get too low, there is an insufficient labor pool for businesses to hire and continue to expand. Therefore, in order for a business to attract workers, it has to offer higher wages. Higher wages increase the business's costs, and in turn, that business will have to end up charging more to the consumer for the goods and services it provides. If every business pays more to their workers, and their costs go up, and their goods and services in turn go up, that is exactly what the definition of inflation is. So if interest rates are too low, you get inflation. If interest rates are too high, the economy suffers and does not grow fast. All right, so let's look at the recent statement by the Fed. Now, here's here's something that came from the Federal Reserve Chairman. He says the committee seeks to achieve inflation that averages 2% over time and therefore judges that following periods when inflation has been running persistently below 2%, appropriate monetary policy will likely aim to achieve inflation moderately above 2% for some time. Okay, what does that mean? Essentially, the Fed is changing the definition on how they measure price stability. Before, they were looking at a 2% annual inflation rate. Now, what they're looking at doing is shifting to a policy of average inflation rate, which means if the inflation rate last year was 1% and the year before was also 1%, then the Fed is okay allowing interest rates to remain low and for inflation to exceed 2% provided that the long-term average is not above 2%. And incidentally, the Fed has also announced that it intends on keeping interest rates low for the next few years to aid in the economic recovery from COVID-19. So what does that mean? It means in the next few years, we will continue to have low interest rates, but that inflation year over year may actually exceed 2%. Now, if they're doing what they intend on doing, the inflation should not get too high and there's no real need to worry about hyperinflation at this point, in my opinion. Okay, so what does that mean for apartment investing? First off, let's look at the inflation piece. When apartment buyers make projections on future earnings, they typically count on a year-over-year rent escalation. At Four Oaks Capital, we typically use a 2% rate or lower based on the Fed's target inflation rate, meaning we expect rents to go up on average 2% per year due to inflationary pressures. Now, if this is paired with a fixed interest rate loan, A 2% inflation rate will typically lead to greater than a 2% increase in cash flow year over year. If inflation rises to 3 or 4 or 5%, the year over year increases will be even higher. So your investment should actually perform better because of inflation. Assuming that wage growth also matches prices, of course. Higher rents are going to lead to higher cash flow, which is going to lead to a higher net operating income which leads to a higher return on investment for the investors. Now, let's look at lower interest rates or low interest rates and the effect that that will have on your apartment investment. Now, I mentioned the federal funds rate influences most other interest rates. Well, that affects apartment investing in a few different ways. Number one, loans for purchases or refinances will continue to have low interest rates. Lower interest rates means lower monthly expenses on debt service. And number two, The prevailing interest rates also influence the market cap rates. If interest rates remain low, so do cap rates. Lower cap rates mean higher prices for apartments. Higher cap rates mean lower prices. So if the cap rate remains low, your properties will not lose value. And in fact, they may actually gain value due to further cap rate compression. 
Now, at Four Oaks Capital, when we do our underwriting, we assume that cap rates will go up over our hold period on the apartments that we own. And we do that to make sure that our under, underwriting stays conservative and that we are not dependent on further cap rate compression for our investments to actually make money. If cap rates stay low, however, we'll be able to sell at higher values than anticipated, which will provide a greater yield to our investors when we sell. Now, finally, a low federal rate means the economy will get back on track faster and unemployment numbers will continue to drop, which is also a really good thing for apartment investors as it will translate to higher collections and help justify increased rent points as inflation runs its natural course. So, bottom line, low rates and a little bit of inflation will more likely help your investment perform better than hurt your investment. Of course, the economy is a very complex thing and I don't have a crystal ball, so it's impossible to tell exactly what will happen because of this shift in policy. But I am optimistic that it will not negatively affect your apartment investments, and like I said, I think it will actually help your investments perform better. And that's it for today's show. I hope you enjoyed it. Our next Ask the Expert episode will be released on Wednesday morning, and it will feature Matt Faircloth and Katie Love. Thank you for listening to the Diary of an Apartment Investor podcast today, brought to you by Four Oaks Capital. If you'd like to know more about how to invest in apartment buildings or want to be a guest in our show, visit our website at fouroakscapital.com slash podcast, or email us directly. If you're still listening, you obviously like the show, so pull out your phone, tap subscribe, and leave us a five-star rating on your favorite podcast app. And we'll see you again next week.